Hi, this is Sam, and welcome to another edition of Calkine Media's podcast. Today with us, we have Brian Miller, CEO of K2Fly. The stock code is K2F. Hi, Brian. Welcome. Hi, Sam. Thank you for having me. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well, very well. I'm in Perth in Western Australia. Great. So, um, Brian, can you tell us how long have you been in the IT industry for and where all have you worked? Yeah, uh, well, it's more than 30 years now, Sam, so uh, quite a lot of that was spent in the UK, but more recently it's been in Australia. I worked for private and listed companies, um, mm-hmm. and more recently I've been the CEO of K2Fly for about uh, three and a half years now. Great. So um, tell us the history of K2Fly. Yes, so I came on board in January 2016. The company had just been formed. There was myself and two other people at the time. Um, Now we've got about 50 people, but we had just two or three of us at the time. Um, It was an IT company that had come out of the signing and technology arena. Uh, That was pretty good. I started with them in the January, as I say, and we listed on the ASX in November um, of 2016. And the idea always, of course, was to grow and to get bigger and bigger, to acquire more clients, to have more technologies that we could sell, and gradually build ourselves from being a tiny company to being pretty big. Obviously, we've gone from three staff to approximately 50 now, so that, it's it's an okay effort so far. Wow, that sounds amazing. So, um, you know, I was wondering if you've always been uh, involved in selling software. Yeah, most of the companies I worked in previously and in DK to Fly, it's a mixture of software and services. So most enterprise-wide solutions, most big pieces of software, also require um, services, consultancy, advisory services to actually implement them. The, the software as such works, that's okay, but in terms of exploiting the software, making the best decisions possible, you typically need some consultancy and some training to help you do that. So it changes from um, solution to solution, but back in the day it was perfectly reasonable you might sell a piece of software for, say, £1 million when I was working in the UK, and the project implementation might have been £5 million. So there have been some very big um, spreads between how much a piece of software costs and then how much time, effort, and money it takes to actually implement the software properly. So, yeah, I've been involved in selling the software and, indeed, selling the services for about 30 years. The first ever deal I did was with a retail firm in the UK called Sainsbury's. They're the equivalent of a Coles or a Woolworths. Um, and basically, I've been doing it ever since then. Oh, great. Sounds good. So, yeah. So, um, can you um, tell us about, you know, we've, we've just seen that, you know, K2F has some really impressive lineup of non-executive directors, which which, you know, most of the smaller co- uh, companies, they, they don't tend to have at such an early stage of the development. So how did you, you know, uh, manage to have such an amazing um, lineup of people in, in K2Fly? Yeah, it's a good question. I often ask myself the same question. <laughs> We're very lucky, Sam. We've got some real top-class performers. Um, yeah, and it's a bit of a miracle, but it works very well for us. So Jenny Kutri is our chairperson. Uh, she comes from a legal background, having previously worked 
amongst other places in ASX and ASIC, so she's a very skillful, very experienced person in that arena. Uh, James Deacon uh, was previously the CIO at Horizon Power, who are a utility here in Western Australia. He now works uh, for a much bigger organization, a sort of an IT guru um, organization, and he does great things for us around strategy. And Neil Canby, who again was a senior figure in Western Power, another utility here in Western Australia, um, has come from an accounting background, uh, again had very good operational experience working on massive IT transformation programs. So between the three of them, we're very fortunate. A little bit of right place, right time. I knew some of those people from yesteryear, but also they see the potential in terms of what K2Fly will grow to. So yeah, we've undoubtedly got non-executive directors, which very small micro-caps would uh, have the luxury of. Uh, well, indeed, we, we, we are seeing that, you know, K2F is actually um, growing. And could you, uh, on that note, could you please elaborate on, you know, some of your recent acquisitions? Yeah, so in the time we've been going, we've made two acquisitions. We bought a company and a solution called Infoscope uh, a couple of years back now. Uh, but more recently, the thing that's possibly got the market quite excited, we acquired something called R-Cubed from South Africa. And this is a piece of uh, intellectual property which plays in the space of resource and reserves governance. Um, both the Infoscope and the uh, RQ packages are tied up in what is loosely called social license to operate or ethical investing or environmental, social and governance. These are all to do with typically the resources, the mining and resources sectors, not exclusively, but typically, and it's about this growing trend where listed companies in particular have to do, have to be able to prove that they're working in an ethical manner. They have to track things, there has to be a very clear audit trail. So the Infoscope um, solution is a, a, an enterprise land management solution, which deals from everything from sustainability to ground disturbance to stakeholder management, land access, um, there's the community and heritage, and then RQ, by comparison, our most recent acquisition, the, the intellectual property we acquired from South Africa, that deals with how the companies report to the various stock exchanges and talk about the reserves they have left. Combine them together, almost forget those words, Infoscope and R-Cubed. These are looking at how big miners, typically, at the big end of town, how they go about proving their environmental, social, and governance credentials to the marketplace. Great. So, um, you know, uh, Brian, like since you've elaborated so much on, you know, how, how you know, I, I'm, I'm just quite keen to know that, you know, what's the kind of revenue model that, you know, K2Fly really follows? Um, so could you just, like, elaborate on that and... Just give us a sure. bit of insight on it. Absolutely. Okay, so we have three different ways of generating revenue. Um, one way is through selling our own intellectual property, so that Infoscope and our cube products that I talked about before. That would obviously be your premium source of revenue because if you, you own that, it's 100% yours and any revenues drop to the bottom line. So that's very profitable, uh, very good margin business. We also then, importantly, we resell some other software. So 
there are solutions which have been authored in America and the UK and indeed Australia where we resell other people's IP. Clearly, we typically are giving something like 50% of those revenues back to those authors. Um, these are big companies in the UK and America, and that's obviously entirely appropriate, but clearly only 50% of the rev uh, revenues drops to the bottom line. And then finally, we sell consultancy and advisory services. And this is where we've got subject matter experts or the gray-haired people, as we like to call them. Um, they are out there working on client sites, typically helping to implement software, be that our own software or the other stuff that we're reselling. And we're out there doing subject matter expertise with the clients, helping them get the most out of their IT system. So that's it's split between three different um, areas at the moment. Currently, for the, the year just gone by, most of those revenues are coming from the consultancy and advisory services. That is gradually changing year on year, even though that portion of the work is growing in absolute numbers as a, as a proportion of the revenues, we gradually want it to become more and more of the so-called software as a service uh, revenue, which is based around our own intellectual property. But basically at the moment, all three of those areas of work are very important to us. Okay, so um, you know, if we talk about clients in particular, so is is like you mentioned that they're all they're the three focus areas that you have. But is there any specific um, focus area that you are focusing at the moment for you know your clients? Like you know, what sort of clients are you currently focusing yeah. on? Yeah, that's a, good, a very good question, Sam. So basically, we we play almost exclusively in what we call the asset intensive arena. So these are going to be people who've got typically big physical assets. They might be pipelines or power stations or coal mines or water reservoirs. We're going to be playing in the utilities, the rail sector, the mining sector. So some of our clients are absolutely household names, some less so. We tend to play at the tier one level. But so amongst our mining clients, we have people like Angler Gold Ashanti, Fortescue Metals Group, Imaris, which is a big um, French mining organization. On the utilities side, we have people like ABB um, and Western Power and Queensland Urban Utilities, Stanwell Energy, Horizon Power. We have a range of organizations. On the railway side, we have Public Transport Authority and ARC Infrastructure, Metro Trains Melbourne. And we basically, if somebody's got important physical assets, they're likely to be the type of client we want to play with. Um, and coming up to, you know, what, uh, what about your financial performance and future plans for Kidfly? Yeah, I think from a futures point of view, we'll keep the focus still on sort of tier one. They're, they're going to tend to be the bigger organizations. Uh, they're going to be in this asset intensive arena, I'm, I'm sure about that, the mining, utilities, rail, etc. And the idea about pitching to tier one clients is that although they're, they're clearly very big and very important and they can be hard to sell to, once you're actually in those clients and you can prove yourself to be an organization who actually delivers, who actually does what it says it's going to do, then the way is open for them to give you more work. They allow you to grow your presence in there with that huge caveat that you, you do a good job, obviously. And that clearly means that the barriers to entry uh, are low, the cost of sales is lower, and therefore that improves the margins when dealing with those, the big end of town, shall we say.
also talking to you, I'm, I'm like quite confident about a bright future for a kid to fly. And it seems like there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up from K2Fly. Thank you very much, uh, Brian, for your time. I really appreciate it. And, you know, we wish you loads and loads of luck for your future endeavor. Thank you very much, Sam. It was a real pleasure.